Continuing chapter five. Tiananmen Square. Of Acts. <laughs> I knew I could get her to laugh. That's all I had to say. System of a down. <laughs> um, okay, so we're on verse 33 of chapter five, more specifically of Acts. Um, so when the Sanhedrin heard of what Peter, John, and the others were saying that most specifically calling the Sanhedrin out, you killed him, blah, 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 saying all these really ballsy things. Um, They wanted to put them to death. And a Pharisee named Gamaliel, Uh a teacher of the law, um, sent them outside and just spoke with, the Sanhedrin and made this argument that every time there's some leader like Jesus who dies, they, the movement dies with it. And that, um, that will either that will happen or they're fighting against God because God's behind this and it will continue on. And then the Sanhedrin will be fighting against God. So I thought that was a really, really awesome argument and just to Um, let you know uh gamiel or gamelia or whatever his name was mm -hmm. he was paul's tutor it's believed he taught him in the law as a pharisee oh my god yeah paul's tutor yeah paul he was very a renowned thinker and you can see his wisdom in what he says yeah it's like crazy yeah that makes so much sense because what I've heard of Paul, it just kind of, it's the same sort of thinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Paul is genius. Yeah. Gen- well, I can't wait to get into it with you because you're going to be stunned. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I didn't have any questions. I yeah. just really it's, liked it's, that. it's an amazing little admission yeah. by somebody so powerful. And not afraid to say something so bold. Hey, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that wisdom. I wish we all had it together. Yeah, and it's kind of like evident that he. I feel like he's a a believer mm-hmm. in the right way because mm-hmm. he like doesn't want to be fighting against God. Oh, no. yeah. And it's not because of his reputation or something. Right. He's just like, if this is real, like let let it be. Then yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. giving it the chance. I feel like, yeah. Um, yeah, some time ago, but uh, anyway, sorry, I'm reading while I go. So, um, his speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them again, not to speak of Jesus, his name and let them go. Um, this is the end though. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they'd be counted worthy of suffering Worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Yeah. Day after day in the temple courts and from the house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the news of Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, those guys are gnarly, man. And they, their lives were in danger every time they did it. Yeah. The f- thing I would want to add about uh, Gamalia or Gamiel, what is mm. his name? It doesn't matter. Gam- Gamaliel? Gamaliel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe he was taken in the rapture. Yeah. What the heck? And he has no interest at all in Jesus here. But he loved God. 
the purpose of Jesus is to bring the people to God. Mm -hmm. And so for them to witness their Messiah, at least he's given them the benefit of the doubt. And he's saying, well, I don't want to offend God. Hmm. With that heart, Yahava, who got who Jesus was, is going to get it. And then Gamaliel will see, oh, okay. So I don't, that's why I'm considered so liberal is yeah. because I'm not going to limit it to just, yeah. There's reasons why he wouldn't accept Jesus yet, mm -hmm. and, but he had a heart for God. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, that is really interesting. It's like, if so if the Jews, because we've talked about this, like Jesus, if the Jews got it right that whole time, Jesus wouldn't have had to have come. No. So there might have been Jews that had it right in their heart Yeah. that Jesus... Uh, even after Jesus came, they had it right yeah. and were saved yeah. or whatever. The only qualification to that comment, though, I want you to understand, is the wages, earnings for sin is death. So Jesus had to come to pay for their sin under the law so that they wouldn't abide in death. So Jesus had to come in order for, for Gamaliel to go to God because he paid for his errors mm. along the way. Mm -hmm. But uh, he didn't need to have that faith because he was pursuing of God in all the ways God had prescribed. Mm -hmm. And that would be acceptable for someone who died. Jesus paid for the sin. So now he's going to enter in because of that. And it's, it's a much more liberal way to see it, but I do believe that to be true. And I think it holds true for Muslims and, and mm. Hindus and Buddhists and everybody today. So Jesus, like the Jews were condemned whether they were of the right heart or not. Oh yeah, yeah, because they all been sin. Uh -huh. And so you have to have a propitiation for that sin uh -huh. or else it won't be uh, effective. God is so just that when he took the lives of the firstborn in Egypt, mm -hmm. he then made the nation of Israel consecrate their firstborn to him mm. to balance that out. He says it in, in Exodus. Mm -hmm. He's that just. Mm. So don't get me uh, thinking God is going to be his little, uh, he's going to be just. People who loved him, he knows mm -hmm. who loved him. Yeah. If they didn't hear Jesus or they had a reason not to believe on him, but they loved God, he that would be revealed to them and they'd see Jesus as God and they would bow. And that's what the scripture says. Every knee will bow. They will come to it. And I trust in that. I've never. So, well, I trust in that, too. Sorry. I don't mean to jump over what you No, it's said. fine. Um, the. My assumption is that heaven is, or whatever it's called, is uh, can't have sin in it. Be I don't really know why that. It's just the assumption is that God can't have sin in his presence or something. But is that correct? Yeah. It's, it's the idea that he is so holy that it would be like giving kryptonite to Superman. I mean, it's not like he doesn't love people who are in filth, but his presence is not going to abide in a place where there's darkness, shadow, duplicitous lies, conniving. 
No. Does the Bible talk about that? It does, but it's indirect. It's indirect that no thing would dwell in his body. I mean, it's mm. very collectively, if you take it all, it is very, I cannot be part of it. Okay. And maybe consider it even more like an allergy, a peanut allergy, allergy that will kill somebody. And that's all it is. It's just an allergy. And if you hold to that, it makes sense through everything else that comes through. It, well, is it that he can't be in the presence of sin or that sin just doesn't exist in his presence? I don't know. Good, good philosophical question. You know? Because Jesus, who is supposed to be God, he yeah. sat with sinners, right? And he yeah. talked with prostitutes. And so where, yeah. how do you balance all that? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Don't know. And God interacts with sinners now. With people because now. of what his son did yes because his son's shed blood paid the price for sin which is uh, the wages of sin is death blood is death uh -huh. so he shed his own perfect blood for the ubiquitous sins of the world so the sin is wiped out god has been reconciled and he can engage that was him who did it but it was through his son but we think this is so juvenile. Why would there have to be this? Because he is just. And, and I trust in that justice. So when mm -hmm. people say, I just live by karma, I'm like, good luck. Yeah. Good freaking luck. Because if you want to get what you deserve, yeah. no way. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder if like our spirits just don't have sin at all now like our spirits because we're all saved from meaning we don't have sin we don't have hell our spirits go to the same place mm -hmm. but just different areas of that mm -hmm. place mm -hmm. and so and god can't have sin in his presence and you don't know which if it's that he can't or that he doesn't so then the spirit itself just doesn't have sin. It's our flesh that has the sin. Yeah. That's that what Grady sin, right? thinks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He thinks the whole world has been fully spiritually reconciled to God. And that the problem is we don't want yeah. to be accountable or responsible in that relationship. We want to have our fun in our bodies. Uh -huh. But And I think Grady's probably right that if he did pay for all sin and the world's been reconciled as paul says uh -huh. then there is no more you better repent of your sin yeah right but you can say what's your heart toward your creator and if it's still hard and, and you're independent and self-willed that's a problem i don't think it's sin he's been reconciled but i do think it's you saying i don't want to be in that kingdom i want to be outside of it i don't yeah. like the light i like the dark it's a much better approach with the great news to approach people that way than to say you're a sinner, you better repent or God's not going to forgive yeah. you. That's old. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense relative to atonement. Mm. None. Does it? No, but it just makes me think that like our spirit is, well, this is a, probably taking it too far, but our spirit is like God is God in us mm. in a way yeah. and the degree to which that grows and you know like you're saying our heart our fleshly heart doesn't want that and so we suppress it and don't let it grow yeah 
but it could grow and if you let it therefore you are reaping the rewards that you wanted Mm-hmm. And that way he is just. Yeah, it's almost like a volume thing. It's yes. Like how, how big your spirit is by that time right. is like where it fits in the afterlife or something. Right. And so we can get rid of all these constructs we use for just like a building and outside. It's yeah. much different, but we have to use something. That, yeah. Yeah. So I don't mean any of that literally. I just mm. mean, uh, but you make such a good point because to me, it's all directional. A, the first point is what direction are you headed? If you're headed toward the light, that's one thing. If you're headed toward the dark, it's another. Yeah. And all of us are headed in those directions, depending on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it seems like it's not the fullness of God is in you. Although there are people who would say that. I think there's a spark. And it's enough to make you accountable for the choices you made in your life, whether you pursued him or not. Mm -hmm. And I do believe there is a growth of the spirit that overcomes your, what you're calling it the human spirit, I call it the soul. I say it's the mind, will, and emotion, that you have a separate mind, will, and emotion. The spark that you have because of Christ's work is calling you to submit your mind, will, and emotion to a higher power. Mm -hmm. And you, your flesh is saying, I'm God. I don't want to do that. That's the battle our world is facing. Mm. And that's how we would explain it. And well, am I doing wrong? No, it's all taken care of. You're just in a place of choice. So what kind of, and, and, and I believe, cause the scripture does support the idea that you do have a choice. There mm. is a conscience in you and you're making cognitive decisions cause you're made in God's image on what to do. Um, of course, Calvinists reject that, and a lot of other religionists reject most of that. Okay, so so you're saying that you're saying that I'm saying a human is half and half, whatever flesh and spirit. I'm kind of wondering if that spirit is God in us, and yeah. it's how much. We, and you're saying you're replacing God in us as spirit with soul. Right? No, I'm My, saying that there is God in us as spirit, but it's very small the spark. until you develop the spark. Okay. And then we have our flesh and our soul and yes. the spark. Yes. And the soul is what is relinquished to the spark. Yes. To become spirit. Yes. And to discard the ways of the flesh and the human mind, will, and emotion. We're supposed to renew our minds by the washing of the word. That's what you're doing. And you're renewing that by the spark that's in you, that light is renewing your mind onto what is truth and what is not. And as that happens more and more and you allow it to happen, your spark grows and you become more godly than you are fleshly. Wouldn't you say the soul, what you're describing as a soul, mind, will, and emotion is flesh? That's Uh, flesh to me. I go by the scripture. It says God created the body, sarks, the flesh uh, of Adam. He breathed into him the breath of life, that's a spark, and he became a a, a mind, will, and emotion. Oh. Yeah. It's God's breath. So the soul is, okay, so it is kind of what I'm saying, where there's, it's just flesh and God's spirit, but combined, that's a mind, will, and emotion. Of you personally. Delaney has her own mind, will, and emotion. And where that mind, will, and emotion if it were going with what I'm trying to describe, it's that mind, will, and emotion is gear is you want to orient it toward the spirit rather than the flesh. Right. 
And the way you okay. do that is by surrendering to the will of the spirit and not operating by the will of the flesh or the mind, will, and emotion. That's the, that's the job. Does my mind think I want to punch the guy next door because he did that? Yeah. Uh, mine will. Do I, do I have the drive to do it? I do. Then I will go and do it. But that's flesh. That is the flesh. It is the fallen state. And, and so I believe that one, you have the, everyone has the spark. Mm-hmm. And two, everyone has the capacity to die to that and live by that spark or not. Mm. But it is, it is the condition in this world. Mm-hmm. We are born with that condition of having a mind, will, and emotion that needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or needs to grow at least. Is there any chance to you that in heaven, our spirits or whatever of us that goes up there is God? Yeah. It's like all, it becomes God. It is God. Yeah. It's like not individuals. I think about that for the simple reason I'm, I'm not sure. Of course, I've thought of it, but I don't know how that would work because I can't fathom it. But it's almost orgiastic the way it could be with spirits that it's not sexual, but we are all integrated with each other as the family of God. And I think that's yeah. entirely possible because you have become selfless. Yeah. You strip away the body and what's left of that is now really selfless. You then enter that kingdom and become part of that family. I don't think we have any idea what that means. Yeah. It just feels like there is a definition of what we're all trying to get to. That's the same. I would think so. Well, I I don't know if all. It's scary to say that. All all is a big word, but I think most of us are trying to figure out who care about God, how to get to this place. Well, it's just, it's kind of what we were talking about this morning. Like true authenticity is when you get, is God. Like following God and love, that's what true authenticity is. And so, and it's selfless. And so if we're following the path of God and our spirit is growing that, and that spirit is what goes to heaven, that is all the same. That's God. Yeah. 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 Like it has the same definition. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because we're talking about our mind, our will and our emotion. And when you talk about what people claim is I'm just being me authenticity that it might be true, but it's not good. You know, mm. you stand up in a theater and dance while we're trying to watch the movie and we say, sit down and they say, I'm being me. Well, that's the age we live in today. Mm-hmm. God says, you don't want to be me. You want to be me, you know, yeah. do what I'm telling you to do. Why? Because it is how to live. Yeah. It's the right way. And that's the, that's the philosophy behind it. Yeah. The only thing, the only time it, this doesn't make sense where we're all getting to the same place is that love is different in every situation yeah. and we're circumstantial yeah. and we are individuals and he works with us differently. So I get where you're saying where it can't like, you can't make that make sense fully. It's hard to make it make sense without the background of what Christ is, has done. And, uh, because when we try to make sense of it through any other background without the spark, that's called humanism. And it, I, I've never seen it work. Mm-hmm. never seen any any form of humanism expressed really work. 
Mm-hmm. Have you? Have you? Can can you think of anything where it's no, worked? No, it just feels like society keeps thinking we're getting closer to it. They do. Somehow. All of our music is talking about it. Our yeah. films talk about it. AI thinks it. It's all telling us, but it's the same exact story that Satan, whatever he was, the serpent in the garden was telling Eve. Mm-hmm. You can be his God. Yeah. It's the same story. Yeah. It's like how you just, it's really just how you perceive what's going on. And if I think they fundamentally think that things are different now than they were before mm. and that progress can be made yeah and change can be made yeah so with that which is true to some degree to some degree in material ways but right. it's not like but the we will problem be spiritually is the same deficient. So, yes yeah and let me help bring in in a biblical sense use if we're standing here you and i and we're in the garden of eden and we're looking at the two trees the right tree is the tree of life. Mm -hmm. There's only one way to have true life and it is by doing it the way he would tell you to. Mm -hmm. Over here, we have a tree of knowledge of good and evil. evil. Mm -hmm. So some people can choose in this life to do only good. Yeah. You know, it's of good and evil. And so they can feed the poor, they can do science, they can come up with drugs to help us. Is it good? It is, but it is not the tree of life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's if you can remember that model, you can understand why all those good things the Mormon church does would cause Jesus to say, I never knew you get away from me who work iniquity. Yeah. Get it. Mm -hmm. That's the model we're looking at. Yeah. That makes sense. It goes to show too why like nothing's that scary, like everything that can stuff like AI, it's new and it's scary in a worldly way but it's and it's also promising in a worldly way but like Mm -hmm. there's never not going to be people that resist it or do something different or what like it's never going to be that there's one thing that happens in the world that i don't care what it yeah so what you're doing and what you're admitting here as we've we're talking is that you're losing some of your fears yeah, yeah, there's not much fear. And so you're free. Yeah. So I say phenopoly to, to COVID and I say to everything, yeah. I'll do my part. Yeah. But if it takes us, it does. So what? Yeah. I mean, it's not, there's, there's lengths. There are times in the world where things are better. Yes. And like, it's scary. The thing that's scary is just when it's at its, when it's worse then it's better. Like it's just a hard time. Yeah. But it's not going to be that end of civilization in terms of like, because there's just going to be resistance in some way. Yeah. Um, That's that spirit of God fighting for survival for people he loves. Yeah. There will be a victorious resistance. And so we don't have to worry about fabricating it ourselves. Mm -hmm. He'll do it. That's called walking in faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, That was really cool. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good up, good epi. We done? Yes, that is the end of chapter five. On to chapter six. All right. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.